because of Jesus Christ and we just sang this song not just because it's what he's done but we have life because we're to go out and share the love of Jesus Christ and so I'm glad to, to, to have you this morning welcome to, to Northside Baptist Church um, especially if you are a guest this morning I've already met a, a couple of you um, we would love to know who you are and a record of your have a record of your visit. Know how we can minister to you. There's a portion of your bulletin that you can, uh, if you will fill that out and tear it out, place it in the offering plate, or give it to a minister at the door at the end of the service, so we can know who you are and how to minister to you. But right now, I want to take this time and uh, find someone and, and greet each other and let them know. Let them know you're excited for them to be here too, and we're alive because of Jesus Christ. Please find your way back towards your seats.
the world about today? Eli. Church, well, that's good. Yes, absolutely. Let me ask you a different way. What special big game is happening tonight? That's right, the Super Bowl. Right, so what two teams are playing in the Super Bowl? Who knows? Eli. The Rams and the Patriots. That's right. Do you hear the weather report for tonight? Yeah, it's going to be like 65 degrees, partly cloudy, but no breeze. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Had to do it. All right. Well, seriously, so there are two different teams, right? You got the Rams against the Patriots. They're going to be playing against each other. They got a, a game plan together. They've got playbooks. They've got Gatorade on the sidelines or Powerade, depending on which one they do, right? And they've got a football or several. They're all pumped up nice and strong. Okay? And they're going to play a game. They're going to battle it out. They're going to be head smashing together, pads, and they're going to get tackled, and they're going to fumble the ball all over the place. You know what? There are two teams in life, too. You've got Satan's team over here, and you've got God's team over here. Which team do y'all want to be on? That's right. You want to be on the God's team, don't you? But you know what? On God's team, you're going to get tackled. You're going to fumble the ball occasionally. You're going to fall down. Satan's team is going to hit you really, really hard. That's okay because you're on God's team. And even though Satan may score a touchdown every now and then, God's team is going to win the game. Every time. So in the Super Bowl of life, we're going to be on God's team. And to do that, how do you do that? Eli, tell me. Right. First of all, you got to stop sinning and do what? Tell God that you sin. Admit your sins. What else, Hannah? All right. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And then what else? Absolutely. So you got to admit, believe, and confess. You got to confess it to the world. And you're on God's team. And you're going to win with Him every time. Okay? All right. We're going to put our hands in. Stand up. Come on, stand up. Oh, <clears throat> you know this? All right. So, we're going to pray real quick, and then we'll count to three, and we're going to yell, Go Jesus, at the end of it, okay? Y'all ready? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, uh, we thank you for another beautiful day you've given us to come here and worship you, Lord. Thank you for each and every one of these kids, and that, Lord, we'll all want to be on your team, and we know how to do it, Lord. So let us, let us all be on your team so we can all get through these battles together. In your precious name we pray. Amen.
may be seated. You know, uh, during the month of December especially, we were having a little missions moment, and that is something that we want to continue to have uh, more regularly in our, in our service. So we just want to highlight missions, not just around the world, but specifically through Northside. Um, I'm going to ask Matt Black to come on up. He's got a, a family that he knows that's uh, missionaries, international uh, missionaries, and um, I just want to say to you, because I don't think I've said it from the pulpit, that uh, you know, good job, Northside. We we met and exceeded our our Lottie Moon Christmas offering goal, and so I, you know, that's good. That's good. Now, it, it, it doesn't stop. We continue to pray for these guys and, and girls that are on the mission field, and uh, you, can, you can still give. You can still give, and, and pretty soon you'll hear us talk about our Annie Armstrong uh, home mission offering. Uh, but right now, Matt, if you want to introduce this family and, and share with our church. Sure. Uh, the family is Drew and Katie Meta and their kids, Ari, Evie, Elise, uh, and me and Donna and the kids have known them, well, me and Donna for a little over 10 years. Uh, originally, they went to China in 2015, and then they got transferred after about a year of learning Chinese language to Thailand, which they don't speak Chinese in Thailand, obviously. So that was a little bit frustrating for them. But uh, Drew is over communications for Southeast Asia uh, for the IMB. Uh, so that's just a little background about them. We have a short video and then there's some prayer points at the end. Just one note on the prayer. Katie is having back surgery, multiple back surgeries this week, actually starting tonight. Uh, she's going to have some issues with her back and then Drew has the kids by himself. She had to fly to Bangkok, which is about two hours away to do that. So uh, here's the video. Thank you. 
So you see the specific ways and they had asked for, for prayer. Um, pray for the, the new leadership with the International Mission Board as we are, uh, that's, that's our mission board from the, as Southern Baptists. And so um, Dr. Chip Wood is looking to, to lead in, in a new direction and, uh, and get uh, just to continue to carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. Um, and then specifically, uh, some prayer requests for, for this family. The, the children's health that you, you see there, um, pollution. And so just pray that they would stay healthy. Um, there's, I, I can't imagine. I've never been on a mission field like that. I can't imagine you're over there and your children get sick and, and what that does to you and how that impacts your uh, ministry. And so please pray for that. Uh, and then also... Um, the pregnancy resource ministry that they're that are trying to get started. It's interesting. We are going to be partnering with our local pregnancy resource center. So hopefully that will keep you in mind and, and help jog your memory to pray for them as well. Uh, but ultimately that they are healthy and can and have avenues to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So thank you for that, Matt. Uh, I do want to share with you a little bit from our missions and evangelism team as a whole. And so if you've got that slideshow, go ahead and, and put up that, that first slide. Um, oh, sorry. I missed that other prayer point. Um, but let's look at the, uh, the mission evangelism team. Uh, just some opportunities for us in 2019. Um, first of all, if you are on the missions and evangelism team, would you please just, just stand up? We just want to know who you are. Uh, Tony, Suzanne, Janet, Matt, Mark. And, and myself. And so we've been meeting together regularly to plan some things, some activities, some, some opportunities for us this coming year. First of all, in 2019, uh, just coming up in a couple of weeks, we're going to go to the Pregnancy Resource Center here in Noonan. Uh, it's February 23rd. And, and so if you are interested in that, what exactly does that look like? Well, we're about to find out. So we'll go and we'll help them, serve them, and however it is that they need that, that, that they need. And so we might be sorting some supplies for expecting mothers and that kind of thing. Um, I, I don't think you'll be talking to any clients that come in, but we'll be helping them so they can uh, continue their ministry. It's a fantastic ministry that, that they do and they provide for us, especially if you've been paying attention to the news lately and the culture of death and abortion that we have in our country. This is a fantastic ministry. Um, and then, so that'll be in February, and then in March, we're going to go and, and partner with, the, with Bridging the Gap. We're looking to do these local missions, and just as an opportunity for outreach, we'll rotate through each month. And so uh, back, in, back in April, we'll be looking to go back to Pregnancy Resource Center, and, and then again throughout the year, just rotating through. I know it's on a Saturday, and I know many of you are involved in Upward, but I also know, know that many of you are not involved in Upward. And so we just want to ask that if you feel led to do that, that you would uh, join us. And then also in April, we're looking to go back to Sumsba. What is that? Well, that is the uh, South Union Mount Zion Baptist Association in Kentucky, partnering with the JETS, who are the Association of Missionaries there. We're looking to go back in April during spring break. There's an initial interest meeting on February 10th. That's next week at 4 o'clock if you're interested in going. You ask what will we be doing there. Well, a lot of it depends on what team we take because we want to cater our ministries to your giftedness. Um, so those are some opportunities we have forthcoming. Also some evangelism training. If you've ever asked the question, how exactly do I share my faith? Or 
who do I talk to, or what is the gospel? Well, we want to give you those tools. We don't want uh, we don't want ignorance to be an excuse for not sharing the gospel of Jesus. Or you could probably come and ask Eli and a couple of these kids that just shared the gospel right down here. Uh, what a fantastic job they did. Uh, but, but we want to give you these tools so that we are kingdom-minded and in taking the gospel to Coweta County. Uh, the next opportunity we have is this summer taking the students to Quito, Ecuador. We did that two years ago. We look to do this every two years, the youth mission trip, July 13th through 21st. A group of seven of us are going. If you're going on that trip, would you mind just, just standing up real quick? Uh, if, you're, if you're going with us, I, I know some are here, some, some are not in the service with us this morning. I do have room for one more. And so if you're a junior, senior in high school or a college student would want to go with us, see me um, like in about an hour. Um, and, and let me know. And then also just know that the team is still putting together some international opportunities, some international trips for the year 2020. We wanted you to know that we're working and planning and trying to get some, some uh, ways that we can carry the gospel here locally um, in Coweta County. We're looking to go state, you know, stateside in, in Kentucky, and then we're looking to go across the pond, perhaps, and go international. Um, please be in prayer for our church and be in prayer for those putting these teams together, and be in prayer for your own self and how the Lord may be leading you to carry the gospel. Thank you for that. Um, at this time, I want to introduce uh, Dr. Wayne Jenkins, our associational missionary for the Western Baptist Association. He will be, uh, well, he is with us today. He's not will be, he is with us today. And uh, we're bringing our message from, uh, from God's word. And so, um, thank you. Wayne, if you will come on up. One and there he is. Oh, that's the pulpit. This is going to be fun. Okay, good. <laughs> Put on this contraption for nothing. Is there a button I'm supposed to push? Oh, there's a button I'm supposed to push. Just talk to me, man. Tell me what to do. You know, we're, we're family. We're, bet we're on now. Let's see. You got me muted? How about that? Am I close? That, now you hear me good. My melodious golden voice, amen, echoes through the hall. Well, it's good to see you. It's been a while since I've been here. Um, saw, saw Brooklyn, and I walked up to her, and I said, wow, you've grown? She says, you've gotten bigger, too. And uh, <laughs> No, she didn't say that. But we're, I'm glad to be here. I am your associational missionary. Somebody asked me, says, what do you do? And I said, That's, a lot of people ask that same question. And, uh, but I am kind of like a pastor for the pastors. And, and I help churches and, and do training and stuff like that. And uh, we do a lot of printing and, stuff, and things like that. Another thing I do is um, every now and then I get to give a reference 
for somebody. Uh, maybe they're going to go to school. Maybe they, for whatever reason, I get to give them a reference, and I have to fill that out. And most of you know nowadays it's what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses. I'm really good at the strengths part. I'm not real good at the weaknesses part. Is that, is that, is that the same with you? You know, I've had to fill those things out. I really don't like to tell anybody my weaknesses. I used to say, just call my wife. She can tell you what my weaknesses are. Uh, she's got a list. And so, um, but it's funny how, how we have to describe people. The other day, I don't do funerals and weddings anymore, so don't die on me and don't get married. And, uh, but, I mean, I really don't want to since I'm a missionary. I'm not a pastor. And, but the other um, day, I had got a call from church where I used to pastor 35 years ago, and they said, could you come and do this lady's uh, funeral? And uh, she'd moved away, and she was back in the area, and I hadn't talked to the lady in 35 years, so I didn't know what she was like. Um, it's rough on pastors to preach funerals of people that they don't know, okay? It's really rough. And uh, it's, you just preach the word, of course, but you want to say something about the person, but it's rough when you don't know the person. And after 35 years, uh, she was in her, she was 63. She was watching TV and just fell asleep and didn't wake up. You know, she's died in her sleep. And I thought, wow, that's a great way, great way to die. And uh, I wish I could die like that. And uh, but but I asked her family. I said, well, well, tell me something about her. And they really didn't have that much to tell about her relationship to Jesus. Can I, can I tell you something, okay? And this is what the sermon's really about today, so we're already in it. Uh, would you do me a real big favor? If you were a Christian, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, would you at some point in your life sit your family down, your, your kids, if you have kids, your grandkids, your wife, your husband, would you look at them and say, can I tell you about my relationship with Jesus? Can I tell you that I love Jesus? I've asked him to be my Savior. Give your testimony to your wife for crying out loud, will you? Or to your husband or to your children. And if you're older and you haven't talked to your children in a while, call them up on the phone and say, let me tell you about my relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I get tired of preaching funerals to people that haven't for years told anybody about Jesus. I'm not your pastor, I'm your missionary. I might say things to you today that you've never heard before. But I'm going to tell you something. Let me say something good, okay? I love this, the kids right here. Don't you love that? What a great church that you, still, that you have that in your worship service, that you take time out of your worship service to bring the kids up uh, and, and have that little lesson right there. Why? Because we got to hear testimonies this morning from the kids. If you ask people a question, you ask young people a question, they'll tell you what they believe. And whatever they believe, that's what they'll tell you. Do you know you're never going to tell me something you really don't believe? If we let you talk, you're going to show me, you're going to tell me exactly where you are spiritually. I can talk with you five minutes and I can tell whether you're going to heaven or hell. Just listening to what you say. Just listening to your answers. What, a, what, a, what an honor it was to be here this morning and just experience that. Because I go to all the churches, the big ones and the small ones. I, we got all different kinds of churches. I go to mega churches and non-mega churches. And uh, I, we have, we're, I'm, we've, take, we've taken a church under guardianship down there, Woodbury, little Antioch Baptist Church. Got down to four people. They signed over to the association, so we have the guardianship of Antioch Baptist Church. Four people. 
And when they turned over the guardianship of the church to, to the association, you know what I told them? We're not voting anymore. You're just going to do what I tell you to do. <laughs> kind of clean, isn't it? Isn't that efficient? Isn't that efficient? <laughs> and so um, pray for us. We're having services once a month because the last offering they gave was $13. It's kind of hard to have this with $13, okay? So uh, this can only grow as big as you grow, okay? This can only grow as big as you love Jesus and want to expand his kingdom in this godless, adulterous, and hell-bound world that we live in. And you are the answer. You, the body of Christ, you are the answer. So it's about you. It's all about you. And Jesus in you. All right, let's look at Acts chapter 6. I must make hate. Is that the correct time up there? I hope you didn't put the roast in the oven before you left the house. Amen? Because you're going to have a burnt offering today. Let, let, we, you got Acts chapter 6 on your, in your Bible or your iPad or whatever, you know. I wonder if we'll ever get it just beamed straight into our head. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Just boom, there it is. And uh, what if one day you, you could just, they could just give you an app for your brain and but you just memorize all the Bible. You just got it in there. You just recall it. Just, you know, touch your nose and boop, there comes Acts chapter 6. Amen. Would that not be amazing? And you say, Wayne, you're crazy. Honey, what they're doing now, I'd have told you 30 years ago, you're crazy. Don't tell me that. Anyway. But I, I don't know if our brains would be full of the Bible now, would we? Would we get the Bible app for our breath? I've never said that before. Aren't you glad you're here? Okay, you got Acts chapter 6. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, walk with us now as we walk through your word. Help us to understand and hear what you want us to hear. We would hear Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, please, thank you for this word that we have. Thank you for speaking to us through God's word. We are so thankful and grateful to you that we have the Bible written down. And we love you so much. And Lord, we, we, we're excited. We love what we've already experienced here today. We've already experienced you here today. We pray all this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. I'm teaching a seminary class this, this semester, and um, I, I'm teaching Romans. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I, I, taught, I taught Acts not too long ago, and I love Acts because it's what we call historical narrative. I'm teaching Romans to about 24 uh, students. And I told them, I said, Romans is different because it's like wading through neck-deep mud or oatmeal, uh, if you like oatmeal. And I said, but it's, it's really hard to understand. I said, so please get you a Bible that you can understand. Well, they looked at me as kind of like you're looking at me right now. And, um, and I had a little chart for them, and I said, okay, you understand, there's, there's the Greek over here, okay, and uh, we want to get as close to the Greek as we can. And so the closest English translation to the Greek that we have is, is the New American Standard Version. And I had a chart for them. It wasn't, I didn't come up with this, just a chart. People understand this stuff. And so that's form equivalence, as close to the Greek as you can get, okay? Because English has a different sentence structure than, than Greek does. And so if you just translate every Greek word into an English word, it's not going to sound like an English sentence. You're going to go, What? Uh, and so, but that, but so we want to get as close to the Greek as we can. That's called form equivalence. Then on the other side of the scale, there's all kinds of stuff out there. That's called dynamic equivalence. And 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 I don't ever preach out of one of those on the on that other end of that scale. And uh, but right right in the middle between form equivalence, which is really close to the Greek, and dynamic equivalence, which is have you ever, have you ever read a Bible and said, Wow, I understand that. 
you know, wow, wow, I understand that. It's really important that when you read the Bible, you say, I can understand what I'm reading. Amen? If you can't read your Bible, get you a different Bible. Okay? If you can't read Spanish, don't pick up a Spanish Bible. It's not really going to help you that much. Okay? Okay? And so I'm using the Christian Standard Bible. I, I, I generally don't preach out of this, but when I read passages of scriptures, I like it. This is my devotional Bible. Now, you know why? I can understand what it says. It's, and, 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 it, but, and it's right in the center between form equivalents and dynamic equivalents. And that really doesn't mean a lot to you probably, but, but um, it's, it's the explanation of why I'm using this today. All right, so let's look at Acts chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. Listen, just listen. You'll see how easy this is to understand. And if you didn't bring your Bible, just sit back and enjoy this. In those days, as disciples were increasing number, there arose a complaint by the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. Wow, problems in church. Can you imagine that in the Bible? They had a church problem. What was it about? You're not being fair. You're not being just. You're, you're not being considerate. That will get you into trouble quicker than anything else in a church. When people think, well, you're just not being fair. Do you know why they know this? It's because in each one of us, God has set the law. It's prophesied in Jeremiah. We, we know what's right and wrong. And you can smell injustice, you smell it a mile away. Children are brilliant. They can tell you exactly when you're not being fair. And that's what's happened. You're not being fair. The twelve summoned the whole company of the disciples and said it would not be right for us to give up preaching the word of God to wait on tables. Now, interesting preaching and ministering the word of God. Brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom, who we can appoint to this duty, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Did you realize that when they said that, the New Testament had not even been written? What? Mm -hmm. this, is, this is early in the history of the church. New Testament wasn't even written yet. Do you know why the New Testament was written down, the books of the New Testament written down? Because people were telling lies. They were telling things that weren't true. Now these are the disciples here. They know what Jesus said. And at some point it became important then for them to start writing down what Jesus said what others said. And so this is how the Bible came to be. But they said we can minister to the word. So the thing is, they're looking at, they're remembering what Jesus said. They're telling those stories. And that's what they're, so they're ministering the word. And it wasn't easy back then. It's easy now. We've got it. Amen? We've got it. We've got it right here. It's easy for us. All right, now here's what I'm going to preach on today. I'm going to preach on Stephen. Stephen was just a normal guy in the church, kind of like you sitting there, just a normal person sitting in the church. But now they have a problem, and the disciples say, we got to fix the problem. So pick out seven guys that what? Let's look at this description. Look at how he was described. That's the first point. Look at how he was described. What did he say about him? Already. What's he got? He's got a good reputation. Have you got a good reputation? Do you know that other people talk about you and how they talk about you and how they think about you? That's your reputation. You don't determine your reputation. Other people determine your reputation. Do you know that? How do people talk about you? Well, he's got to have a good reputation. Look at this next one. Full of the Spirit. Full of the Spirit. You know, I don't think I've ever heard that said about somebody at a funeral. She was full of the Spirit. He was full of the Spirit. I've never, they may have said he had a good reputation, but I don't think they've ever said he was full of the Spirit. That's how they describe these guys, full of the Spirit. Are you full of the Spirit? Do you know, 
it doesn't help for you to say, well, I'm full of the Spirit. No, it's what other people see in you. Look how he's described. Your reputation full of Spirit and wisdom. Wow, there we go. What's wisdom? What's wisdom? Anybody? Define wisdom. Some people say it's knowledge. No. Knowledge is knowledge. What's wisdom? Wisdom is knowing what to do with what you've got. That's wisdom. What's being wise? Doing what you know you ought to do with what you got. That's being wise. Have you ever had, heard somebody at a funeral saying he was, he was a wise man? You may have, or a wise lady. Wisdom. Knowing what to do with what you've got. You've got time. You've got talents. You've got a family. You've got a body. You have a brain. You've got one shot at this thing. And to be smart and to be wise is to follow Jesus. Is to believe in Jesus and follow Jesus. Now that's being wise. You've got salvation staring you right in the face, offered free from Jesus Christ. A wise person will get saved. Amen? That's being wise. Somebody asked me, said, do I have to pray? I said, no. A wise person would pray. <laughs> do I have to go to church? No. But a wise person would go to church. Do I have to share the gospel? No, but a wise person would share the gospel. Do I have to brush my teeth? Yeah, you ain't got to brush your teeth at all. I ain't going to fall out. I'm talking your mind. See? Should I bathe? Yes, if you want to have friends. That'd be a wise person. I'll take a bath every now and then. Okay? Look at the other description. It's going down through this. This proposal pleased the whole company, so they chose Stephen. Look, now here's Stephen. Here's what we're going to be talking about. A man full of faith. How'd they know he was full of faith? Huh? How'd they know he was full of faith? How did they know? How will we know about your, your relationship to Jesus Christ if you don't share it with somebody before you die? You know, if you share Jesus with people, you're probably a person full of faith. My wife wanted spare ribs last night at 9 o'clock. That's what I get for being close to Valentine's Day. She says, I want spare ribs. I said, it's 9 o'clock. She said, I don't care what time it is. I want spare ribs. So you know what I did? I called Shane's and went and got her some spare ribs. Amen. <laughs> Stood in line to get my wife some spare ribs. Took them home to her. You know what she said? Thank you. I said, do I get some? She says, did you buy you some spare ribs? <laughs> you should have got you ordered spare ribs, boy. But while I was there at the Shays last night, I walked up and the girl said, well, how are you doing today? And you see, a couple of years ago, the Holy Spirit backed me in the corner because I want to share Jesus. I like to share Jesus. I like to share about my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for me and forgave me of all of my sins. I love talking about Jesus. Amen? Amen. And she said, how are you doing? And this is what I say now. I say, well, to be honest with you, I ought to go to hell. But I'm going to heaven because of Jesus. How about you? Do you know Jesus? She smiles. She said, oh, yeah. I said, you ever had somebody answered like that? She says, never. I said, I'm so sorry. Now you can too. Or you're a chicken. You haven't been called a chicken in church lately, have you? What are you scared of? This godless world? What are you scared of? 
have a chance to open your mouth and share Christ. And he's the only hope. You think you're going to stop human trafficking? You think you're going to stop abortion? Give me a break. There's only one who can stop abortion. His name is Jesus. There's only one who can stop human trafficking. This hellhole that lit up here that we've got right here. Oh, it's a great place. And it's just all around us, friend. His name is Jesus. And we better, the body of Christ, we better start sharing Christ, right? Full of faith. Well, what does Elsa say about him? Look what they, how they described him. Full of faith and Holy Spirit. Well, let's go on down. Look at this. Well, look what happened in verse 7. So the word of God spread. The disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. Wow. All right. Now, Stephen, look at verse 8. Now, Stephen, full of grace and power. Does that describe you? Does that describe me? Stephen, full of grace and power. Do you pray that? How about that for prayer? Dear Lord Jesus, fill me with your grace. You know why it's so hard for, to, to share Christ nowadays with people? It's because Christians come across as being so mean. Bunch of know-it-alls, bunch of self-righteous know-it-alls and mean. I'm not. I ought to burn in hell, but I'm going to heaven. Okay, I've judged myself. What's full of grace? Being full of Jesus? Being full of the fact that you know that you're saved and you're going to heaven, you're a child of God, and because of the grace of God, because it's by His grace, nobody can take it away from you, not even you? You know what your biggest problem is? Jesus got to save you from you. He's got to save me from me. I'm the problem. Full of grace and power. Power. Wow. There you go. Look what God did through him. This is point number two. <laughs> Look how the others described him. Look what God did through him. He's full of grace and power, and he was before, performing great wonders and signs among the people. Can I just be honest? I've come to realize this. I'm, get, I'm getting pretty old in this thing. Been following Jesus since I was nine years old. <laughs> following Jesus. What a joke. You know what? If you're following someone, the person you're following, they know where you follow them or not. They know where you follow them or not. I spent too much of my life wrapped slap around me, and I still do. I wonder if I just followed Jesus full of grace and power. I wonder if I could do signs and wonders. I can't stand people to take this book and put it back in the, in, in 2,000 years ago and say, yeah, but that, we can't do that today. I said, yeah, and I know why, too. I know why there's no signs and wonders. Stephen could do signs and wonders. <laughs> and he was a deacon. I talked to a deacon not too long ago. I, he said, I, don't, I, don't, I don't preach. I said, why not? Stephen did. Look what God did through him. Look at this. And so, uh, well, signs and wonders among people. Opposition arose. Wow, look what God did through him. He was so following Jesus that he ticked off everybody around him. He ticked off the people who were the religious leaders of the day. The people who had killed Jesus, or had Jesus killed, they're saying, this, this stuff is getting out of hand. So, and is he full of the Spirit when he has opposition? Anybody? Is Stephen still full of the Spirit when the people oppose him? Okay, that's interesting, isn't it? 
they began to argue with him. They were unable to stand up. Look at verse, uh, what is that? Ten? Look at, they were unable to stand up against the wisdom and the spirit by whom he was speaking. They couldn't say anything. You know something? If you just share what Jesus said, did you know this world can't answer you? They just stand there dumbfounded. If you just quote scripture to people that you've learned by memory, by heart, did you know people are just, they're just like, I was on a train one time talking to a diplomat from, from some Africa, I think Ivory Coast. She'd ask me a question, I'd give her a Bible verse. She'd ask me another question, she'd give me, I'd give her a Bible verse. She asked me another question, I'd give her a Bible verse. You know what she said to me? Is that all you know, God's Word? Is all you, is all, is all you can do, quote the Bible? I said, darling, that would be wonderful if all I could do was quote the Bible. <laughs> no, I opened my sassy mouth, and I think I'm cute. No, I just soon use God's Word for you because you're asking spiritual questions. I thought I'd just tell you what the boss says. You see, as Christians, as a preacher, I'm not bringing you some word. I'm bringing you a word from the king. I'm bringing you a word today from our king, Jesus. And you didn't get to pick this one out. People ask me, do you have to go to church? Yeah, if you want to hear a sermon that you didn't pick out. Because you can click that remote control and change that channel. You can, oh, I don't want to listen to that guy on the internet. See, you can, on the radio, you can turn it. You, this is the only place where you don't get to pick out what you're going to hear. Only place in your life where you're going to get to pick out, not pick out, what you hear is right here in church. Should surprise us that people don't come, huh? They don't get to pick out what they hear. Then they secretly persuaded, look what they did, some men to say, we heard him speaking blasphemous words against Moses and God. They stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, so they came, seized him, took him to the Sanhedrin. That was like the high court. It was a religious thing. They also presented false witnesses. Look what the false witnesses said about it. This is interesting. By reading what the false witnesses say, you can tell kind of what Stephen was preaching. This man never stopped speaking against this holy place and the law. For we heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs that Moses handed down to us. Did Jesus ever say, tear down this temple in three days I will rebuild? Did he ever say that? He did, yes. And Stephen's just telling them what Jesus said. And they're saying, oh, that's, he said we're going to tear this place down. Isn't it amazing? So his opposition was listened to him. But they got it wrong. And all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked at, intently at him and saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Look at the person next to you and ask him, do I look like an angel to you? Go ahead. Uh, uh, wives, I would ask your husband first because he's not going to ask you, honey, do I look like an angel to you? Because we already know that's so that. like an angel? They looked at him. Now, how did they know what an angel's face looked like? That's a good question, isn't it? Looked like a face of an angel. You ever, you ever said that about anybody? You got the face of an angel? Maybe some girl you were trying to date. You got the face of an angel? How do you know what an angel looks like? You ever said that about your children? Oh, look at little darling. Doesn't he look like an angel? Yeah, he's asleep. He's asleep. Let that little joker wake up. He don't look like no angel no more. I'd ask my wife, honey, do I look like an angel when I'm asleep? She'd say, a snoring angel. Amen. Yeah, I can say, looks like the face of an angel. But what does that mean? Was his face glowing? 
Tell me somebody else whose face glowed in the Bible when they were in the presence of God. Who? Moses. Moses. Face looked like an angel. Tell me somebody else who glowed in the Bible. Jesus. Transfiguration. You see, your face looks like an angel when, what, when God's on the inside and he comes out through the outside. Isn't that amazing? If you, if you quit blocking Jesus, he just might shine so other people can see him. Amen? Amen. That's pretty good. That's not bad, is it? Man, that's what it's coming for this morning, wasn't it? Amen. Wow. Wayne, what a sermon. Okay. Now, look at what, look at what God did there and gave the face of an angel. Now, look, now I'm not going to read the next, but when we start in uh, chapter 7, they say, are these things true? And from 7, from verse 2 until verse 50, he preaches a sermon. And I mean, it's a humdinger. It's a sermon. And he goes back through the whole Old Testament. Well, not all of it, but he goes back there and he mentions Abraham and uh, he mentions uh, Joseph and he mentions uh, Moses and he comes all the way down. And you know what the theme of his sermon is? In 2 through 57, 2 through 50, you know what the theme of his sermon is? God has sent messengers to you to tell you his way and you've rejected them, rejected them, rejected them, rejected them. That's the theme of, of his sermon. If you read it, that's what he's telling that, 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 that the people of God have rejected God who has sent messenger after messenger after messenger to them, trying to reach them with his word. And they keep rejecting him. He finishes, he says, look at verse uh, 4, 7, but it was Solomon, rather, who built him a house. Look at what he knew. He knew the whole Bible. Do you know the Bible? How much of the Bible do you know? You know, there's a real good chance that if we don't have printed Bibles anymore, there's a, there's a real good chance if the Bible is just online, People say, I don't need the Bible. Pray him. Why? Ask God online. You know how easy it is to just turn that online off and you don't have the Bible anymore? You ever think about that? I'd squirrel some of these away, wouldn't you? Your grandchildren might want the way we're headed. You think people aren't after the Bible? Of course they are. Satan hates this thing. He don't want anybody reading this Bible. Hide you a couple away. Put them in a box in your backyard. Let that be the family secret you passed out. Oh, this is where you can find the Bible when they, come, when they come hunting them all down. They will. Do you know that's one of the first things they looked for in the first century when they caught Christians? The number one thing they wanted to know was, where are the scrolls? Where are these scrolls you people are reading? Where, where's this Bible you people? Where, where are the scrolls? And people were tortured and tortured and tortured until they told the location of where the scrolls were for the group they were in, the church they were in. Can I tell you something? History can repeat itself. It doesn't have to, but history can repeat itself. Look what he knew. He knew, he, he had all this in his heart. He wasn't reading from a piece of paper. He was just telling it out of heart because he'd been trained as a child. He grew up knowing these stories, and now he's a Christian. Now they all make sense to him. I told my seminary class the other night, I said, could you imagine the first time Saul of Tarsus, who probably had most of the Old Testament memorized, can you imagine on the Damascus Road when he talks to Jesus and realizes, oh, my word, that's who Isaiah's talking about. Oh, my word, that's who this prophet. Oh, look, he can see Jesus all through the Old Testament for the first time in his life. Wow, these guys memorized it. You know what I've got memorized? Jokes. You got any jokes memorized? You know what that shows us? We can memorize stuff. Can you memorize things? 
How, much have, how many of us have the Bible memorized? Wouldn't that be great at Northside if each one of y'all took out a Bible book or chapter or something and, and you started, and that was your to memorize? And you said, okay, can we have uh, Philippians chapter 1? And you stood up and you quoted Philippians chapter 1? Wouldn't that be great if you made those kind of preparations for the future? Wake up. Wake up. Understand the times in which we live and get prepared for it. Or else, why do you think you're here? You're not here just to hear a sermon. You're here because you're the people of God. You're the light of the world. You're the bride of Christ. And you have no idea what the next 20, 30 years are going to bring. You better get prepared. Because the people that are against us have billions of dollars. First time in the history. First time in the history of the world that the opponents of the bride of Christ have billions of dollars and they own the companies in this country that we were live in and don't you think that they're not going to use it don't you think they'll get, they'll vote this thing out in a heartbeat wake up well look what he knew so then look what he declared look at 751 through 53 now this will really this will really fill your church this will really get you excited, you know. <laughs> he's saying this to, these, to this Sanhedrin. He's saying this to the religious leaders of the day. He's saying this to the people who are the keepers of the faith. Everybody looked up to them. This was what they believed. And these guys were not bad people. They weren't bad people, not in their mind's eyes. They thought they were doing God's will. They thought they were okay. Saul of Tarsus at this time, he thinks, he says, find the sin in my life. Find the sin of They were desperately trying to follow God's law as they understood it. And they, they held each other accountable. Horribly accountable. I mean, picky, picky accountable for what was the law. And they thought this is the way to please God. Well, look what Stephen says to these guys. You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears. You are always resisting the Holy Spirit. Now, this is actually... He's, starting, he's, he's preaching now after he's taught them uh, the, the scripture. As your ancestors did, you do also. Which of the prophets did your ancestors not persecute? They even killed those who foretold the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. You received the law under the direction of the angels and yet have not kept it. Well, when they heard these things, they all got saved, they got baptized, and they had fried chicken. Amen? Is that what happened? They all had a great time. All got saved, got baptized. Is that what happened? Preach the word. Is he full of the Holy Spirit? Okay. Is he preaching what God's laid on his heart? Is it what they wanted to hear? Can I tell you something? You know, like I said, you know one of the reasons why we get rejected? It's because we come across being so mean. We come across as being mean. Don't be mean. Even in this thing about abortion and all that. Can I tell you something? Be kind and loving and caring. Okay? Be kind and loving and caring. Don't come across as mean and vindictive. Don't come across as mean and cruel. Come on, church. Let's reach out with love and understanding and help in this time. Okay? Don't, don't put things on Facebook. I, I've, I'm, I, I put some stuff on Facebook. I went back and deleted. I said, I don't want to put that out there because I was upset. I was mean. I was angry. It's not going to help. It's not going to help. There's only one person who can help, and that's Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can help. So be careful. When they heard these things, they were enraged, gnashed their teeth at him. Well, look at here. Stephen, 
look, 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 look what he declared. All right, look what he said. Where he had that. Look, look what he, uh, look at what he sees. All right, they're they're upset. At him. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. Ah, uh-huh. look at that. He gazed into heaven. He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Isn't that amazing. You ever noticed that before? Did you ever notice that before? Stephen gazes into heaven. Look what he sees. Look what he says. Look what he sees. He gazes into heaven. And who does he see? He sees God and he sees Jesus right there. Can I tell you something? Heaven's not way up past the clouds. Heaven's right here. Heaven's right here. You can't see it, but that doesn't mean it's not there. Stephen saw it. Do you think he actually saw heaven? (laughs) Uh, It's a game changer, folks. This is a serious game changer. This will help us realize uh, we don't know everything. Our vision is, at, we're just blinded to the fact we can't see it, but honey, heaven is right here. He says, I see God and I see Jesus standing next to right. Whoa, what a vision. Look what he saw. And it's in your Bible. God let him see this. God let him see this. Look what he prayed. I see the heavens open, the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. They yelled at the top of their voices, covered their ears, and together rushed against him. They dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the the witnesses laid their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, look what he called out. Now, see, this is what you say when you die. If you die for the faith, this is what you should say. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. I hope and pray those are my final words. Amen. I hope and pray those are my final words. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then look what he said. He knelt down and cried out with a loud voice. Lord, do do not hold this sin against them. And after saying this, he died. That's what being full of the Spirit is. That's what being full of the Spirit, being full of grace and power is. Is that you, with your dying breath, you pray in the name of Jesus for those people who are killing you. Because Jesus died on the cross to save them, you follow Jesus, that's your prayer. Can I tell you something? That will change our society. That will change our world. That's what everybody's looking for. The question is, can they see it in me? Can they see it in you? Well, you know what happened. Saul of Tarsus is watching, gnashing his teeth, gets letters going to Damascus to kill Christians, capture them, put them in jail, and kill Christians. Because he's a righteous follower of God's word. And he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, And Jesus said, you know, it's really hard to kick out against the goads. Isn't that an interesting statement in the Bible? Acts chapter 22. It's hard to kick out against the goads. This is what Jesus says to Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. Well, what are the goads? The picture is of an ox cart going down, and the ox want to get on, and you stick him in the side. It's like like you're jabbing. That's the goads. And Jesus says it's hard to kick out against the goads. Take a guess who the goads are. 
Raise your hand. We're the goats. Look at your wife say, you little goat. You precious little goat. You're the cutest little goat I've ever seen in my life. You don't say that to your husband, but you can call him a goat too. Anyway, but it's hard to kick out. You see, we're the goats. And guess who the goad was in Saul of Tarsus' life? Stephen. Because Saul of Tarsus knew the whole Old Testament, backwards and forwards. But he didn't have what that man had. He sure didn't have what that man had. And that drove him, drove him, drove him, drove him. It's hard to kick out against those people who are loving you, sharing Christ with you, smiling even when you, you know, how many times do we forgive people when they're bad to us, mean to us? How many times? Seven times 70. Are you a forgiving person? Maybe they'll say bad about you at your funeral. Oh, she was the most forgiving woman I've ever met. She was full of Jesus. Maybe they'll say that about you at your funeral. Oh, he just loved to tell people about Jesus. He was kind. He was merciful. He was, being around him was like, like being with Jesus. Is that what they're going to say about you at your funeral? They're going to say something. Because last time I checked, we're going to all die. We weren't created to live here forever. We were created to live with our eternal Father in heaven. And that's where eternity is. But what an opportunity we have here on earth to share Christ, to share Christ. Let me ask you something. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Is he your Lord and Savior? The truth is, is that we all have sinned. I've sinned. I deserve to go to hell. And I was on my way to hell until Jesus found me. Heard the voice of Jesus through the word of God, through the preaching of the word. And I responded as a nine-year-old child. Walked down the aisles of a church in Atlanta and gave my heart and life to Jesus. Told the preacher, I want to be saved. How do you get saved? You say yes to Jesus. You hear that you're a sinner. You hear that you're lost and condemned to hell. And you have no hope. There's nothing. You cannot undo the sins you've done. Only the blood of Jesus can take them away. Well, how do you apply the blood of Jesus to your life? You ask. You want. You hear about Jesus and you say, Dear Lord Jesus, be merciful to me, a sinner. Come into my heart and save me. Forgive me of my sins. And Lord Jesus, give me eternal life, your life, and I'll follow you. I'll follow you. Thank you, Jesus. That's how you get saved. Let me tell you something. The second you think it and say it, you're saved. It's instantaneous because God does it. Salvation is a gift from God. You can't earn it. You can only want it. Do you want to be saved? Do you want Jesus to be your Savior? We'd invite you to come. And you can come and you can say, I want Jesus to be my Savior. And you can kneel right here and you can pray and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And you can become a Christian today. And you'll go from hell to heaven in an instant. You'll go from death to life just like that. Or if you're here and you, you, you've trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior in your heart, but you've never confessed, or maybe you have, but you've never followed him in believer's baptism, you get to do that too. For him has nothing to do with you. You get baptized for Jesus. You get baptized to show this world I died to my sins. I died and I've been buried. And what comes out by this water belongs to Jesus. That's what baptism is all about. It's in this book and that's why we do it. And boy do we love doing it. So much that hundreds of years ago they said those are the people who baptize 
the, the believers. They don't baptize the children. They baptize believers. And they called us Baptists. We just want to be Christians. But they called us baptized, Baptists because we baptize people. And then you can be a member of this church. Join this bride of Christ that calls itself Northside Baptist Church. It's not a building. It's the people. The people are Northside Baptist Church. Tornado could take this church, this building out, and the Northside Baptist Church would still be here. Amen? That's it. And that could be you. And you could come, and then you could be a Christian and follow Christ. And you can share others. Maybe one day you'll sit here on the steps and lead the children's sermon during a worship service. What a glorious thought that is. What a great privilege. Thank you for letting me be here today. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, now in this time of invitation, Brother BJ is going to stand up front. He'll receive anyone who comes today. Lord, I pray that as people come, they'd come for your, for your glory and your name alone. They may have a troubled heart. They may have a prayer need. They should come. They may be in a, in a, in a, in a situation they don't know what to do. They come and say, pray that God will give me his wisdom. You come on. You may be here today and you want to get, become a missionary. We heard of missionaries today. Maybe you want to be on a mission team here at North. You come and share this. God's calling me into missions. I want to be a local missionary or here in the States or in Atlanta or around the world. Or maybe you're here and you say, we want to join this church. God's leading us to this church. We've been coming for several weeks and we feel like really this is where God wants us to be. Maybe you hear you say, well, I've, I've accepted Christ my Savior, but I've never been baptized. I've never followed him in believer's baptism. And now I understand it's not about me. It's something that I do for Jesus to show my testimony that Jesus died for me. And that's why I'm baptized. And I come this morning and I want to be baptized. Or maybe you're here this morning <laughs> and you've heard some good news that there's a Savior who died for you and rose for you and he loves you and he's worth living for and you can follow him and, and he's your, he can be your Savior. And you come this morning and you say, I want Jesus. I want Jesus to be my Savior. Would you pray with me? Yes. Yes. You can become a Christian today. Lord, thank you for Northside Baptist Church. Thank you for this sweet congregation. Thank you that you've allowed us once again to meet here in worship of our Lord Jesus, here in freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this grace that we can meet here today. Now, Lord, in this time of invitation, as we sing a song, Lord, may your Holy Spirit move on the hearts of the people here, and may they respond publicly to whatever you've laid on their hearts to do. And Lord, as we also all respond privately in our hearts to the preaching of the word. We pray all this in your precious and holy name. Amen. All right. Let's come on. Come on, BJ. Stay up here. Stand up. Do what you do.
Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, what a honor and a privilege it is to be here in your house today, to hear your word proclaimed. Lord, may it uh, move each of us. Thank you for this uh, church on the hill, Lord. Just pray that you'd go with us this week, lead and guide us in all that we say and do, and forgive us, Lord, for we fail thee. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.